Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well always um, and that your trust is not in circumstances but in God alone. He is our shepherd and nothing happens to us um, that he does not allow. So I do pray that you will trust him um, and um, be confident that no matter what changes, the truth does not change. Someone said yesterday that the church is changing. Actually, it was a story of a young priest, a fairly newly ordained priest, who um, does not fully believe what the Catholic Church teaches, and he says the church is changing. Well, it's not, beloved. Uh, the church, in its essence, is Christ, and Christ does not change and will not change. Um, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. People change, customs change, but um, truth never changes. It is the truth once delivered to the saints, and it never, ever changes. It is solid. Um, I um, had a, have an email this morning that um, from someone who has asked me to speak about St. Diphna, uh, Dimphna, I guess it is. And I uh, once listened to a magnificent CD uh, about her. I don't know where it is now. Um, I vaguely remember, I remember her story somewhat, but she has a website, saintdimphna.org. And um, I'm just going to read what they have now. She is the saint of mental illness and anxiety support. And um, the person who asked me to speak about her suffers with um, some mental illness and anxiety and and depression and other things and poor health. Um, But so do many, many people today. And they're alone and uh, they live in fear and... um, I want you to know, beloved, if you're one of those who struggle from anxiety or, or um, any form of mental illness or depression, um, you have a fantastic saint, all yours. Saint Diphna is truly tremendous. I'm going to read you how, her um, story from the website saintdiphna.org. <clears throat> And it's not very long. Um, She was born in Ireland sometime in the 7th century to a pagan father and devout Christian mother. When she was 14, she consecrated herself to Christ and took a vow of chastity. Soon afterward, her mother died and her father, who had loved his wife deeply, began to suffer, suffer a rabbit rapid deterioration of his mental stability. So unhinged 
was Dimphna's father, his name is Damon, that the king's counselors suggested he remarry. Though he was still grieving for his wife, he agreed to remarry if a woman um, as beautiful as she could be found. Damon sent messengers throughout his town and other lands to find uh, a woman of noble birth who resembled his wife and would be willing to marry him. But when none could be found, his evil advisors whispered sinful suggestions to marry his own daughter. So twisted were Damon's thoughts that he recognized only his wife when he looked upon Dimphna, and so he consented to the arrangement. When Dimphna heard of her father's misguided plot, she fled her castle with her confessor, a priest named Garibran, two trusted servants, and the king's fool. The group sailed toward what is now called Belgium and hid in the town of Giel, G-E-E-L. Though it becomes uncertain what exactly happened next, the best-known version claims the group settled in Giel, where Dimphna built a hospital for the poor and sick, but in using her wealth, her father was able to discover her location. When Damon found his daughter was in Belgium, he traveled to Giel and captured them. He ordered the priest's head to be separated from his body and attempted to convince Dimphna to return to Ireland and marry him. When Dimphna refused, Damon became enraged and drew his sword. He struck Dimphna's head from her shoulders and left her there. When she died, Dimphna was only 15 years old. After her father left Giel, the residents collected both Dimphna and Garibrand's remains and laid them to rest in a cave. In defense of her purity, Dimphna received the crown of martyrdom around the year 620 and became known as the Lily of Ire. In 1349, a church honoring St. Dimphna was built in Giel, and by 1480, so many pilgrims were arriving in need of treatment for mental ills that the church was expanded. The expanded sanctuary was eventually overflowing again, leaving the townspeople to accept them into their homes, which began a tradition of care for the mentally ill that continues to this day. Unfortunately, in the 15th century, the original St. Dymphna Church in Giel burned to the ground, and the magnificent church of St. Dymphna was erected and consecrated in 1532, where it still stands above the location her body was originally buried. Many miracles have been proven to take place at her shrine in the church erected in her honor, and her remains were placed in a silver reliquary in the church. Some of her remains can also be found at the shrine to St. Dymphna in the United States. The priest helped 
Krishna was also sainted and his remains were moved to Zanten, Germany. The United States National Shrine of St. Dimphna is at St. Mary's Catholic Church in, let's see now, this is a new name, new city for me, Mazillion, it looks like, M-A-S-S-I-L-L-O-N, Mazillion, Ohio, and St. Dimphna Special School can be found in Bellina, Bellina Country, Bellina County Mayo, Republic of Ireland. Ireland. Saint Dimphna is the patroness of those suffering nervous and mental afflictions, as well as victims of incest. Incest. I want to repeat that, beloved. You have a very special saint. Saint Dimphna is the patron. We, not just you, we, all of us. Saint Dimphna is the patronage of those suffering nervous and mental afflictions as well as victims of incest. Traditionally, St. Dimphna is often portrayed with a crown on her head, dressed in royal robes and holding a sword. In modern art, St. Dimphna is shown holding the sword, which symbolizes her martyrdom quite awkwardly. She is also often shown holding a lamp, while some holy cards feature her wearing green and white, holding a book and white lilies. Um, St. Dimphna is the patron saint, we said this earlier, in support of mental health and anxiety issues Um, addiction problems have also been said to have been helped by praying to St. Dimphna. Um, Let me see if we can get to this prayer to her. Here's a very short prayer to St. Dimphna. Hear us, O God, our Savior, as we honor St. Dimphna, patron of those afflicted with mental and emotional illness. Mental and emotional illness. Help us to be inspired by her example and comforted by her merciful help. Amen. You know what, beloved? This is a uh, unusual program um, to focus on Saint Dimphna, but um, we have a very special friend who uh, asked especially for us to speak about Saint Dimphna, and um, and I know that there are many. Many, many, many who have been helped by her and many others who, um, who could call on her for help and healing in their distress. She has, uh, I don't know if there's even, if they've been able to number the miracles done by her and through her intercession. Um, Beloved, uh, feel free to call in. In fact, if you've been helped by, by St. Dimphna, um, call in. Call in and let others know uh, how you've been healed or helped or encouraged through prayers to St. Dimphna. Uh, toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at You can call in anonymously. You can email or text anonymously as well. We'll be right back.
Gospels record many instances of our Lord going off to a secluded place to pray, so we can be sure that finding a quiet place for prayer is vital for us as well. Located in the serene setting of Cranberry, Pennsylvania, the St. Thomas More House of Prayer is the perfect place to deepen your prayer life or to hold a group retreat. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center whose mission is to pray the Liturgy of the Hours and spread this beautiful prayer of the Church. Book a visit or learn more by going to liturgyofthehours.org or call us at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. Beloved, this is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we have been speaking about St. Dymphna, and um, she is the patron saint. Um, what just happened? Hold on a minute now. Um, of mental illness, of depression, of anxiety, um, of even matters of incest. Too horrible to mention those things, but... Um, even runaways and mental disorders. And I'm on a website now um, with a novena to St. Dymphna. Um, and it, it begins, uh, O oh God, we humbly beseech you through your servant, St. Dymphna, who sealed with her blood the love she bore you to grant relief to those who suffer from mental afflictions and nervous disorders. Um, if you just look up St. Dipna on the internet, you'll find many sites uh, in support of her. And, I, and, and in those who suffer from mental illness um, uh, and who, um, you know, there, there's just so many people today, uh, adults, who have had such sufferings as children, um, abuse of every kind, uh, mental, physical, sexual, emotional, um, unthinkable abuse, um, 
some was one time, some lasted for years, um, and so many people, dear ones, uh, just live alone with unbearable hurt um, and and private pain. And when you live like that, it's a terrible, lonely life. Um, there's two things that I that I wish to. Well, I guess there's a few things that I'd like to say. Um, that may, may, may help you. I don't know. But um, first, to, to stick with St. Dymphna, she's a wonderful saint. And uh, there's a, um, a CD on St. Dymphna. I wish I remember who has it, um, where I got it from. I don't recall. Uh, perhaps I'll look it up online, but it's some years ago. And I, I played it, um, St. Dipta and St. Philomena, both those saints, remarkable saints, um, for people with, with deep hurts and deep struggles and anxiety and, as I say, mental issues, um, um, just abuse issues, so many things. And these saints have truly been present to many people, and I'm inviting you um, dear ones, to call in if you wish. Um, you don't have to be too graphic on the air, but if you're suffering or you have suffered and St. Dymphna uh, has helped you or St. Philomena, uh, call in and let others know and encourage them um, to pray in Ovina to tell them how near these saints are to us. Um, and something I want to encourage you with um, if I if I can, sometimes people are so hurt it's very difficult for them to be encouraged by anything. But um, if you love God, dear ones, if you believe in Him, trust. That's not so easy. It's easy to say, not always easy to do. If you've been betrayed by other people, but God, those other people don't love you. Those other people did not die for you on the cross, but Christ did for you, for you alone. He has revealed uh, to St. Margaret Mary and others that if they were the only one on earth, he would have died for them. If you were the only one on earth, he would have died for you. And the fact is, he did. And he rose again to give life to all who will come to him. He loves you beyond anything you could ever imagine, beyond anyone who has ever loved you. Um, and he lives to heal you. But there's something else. God is in control. Why he allows the horror, he allows the abuse, uh, the evil in the world... Why he allows what he allows, we don't have the answer to. Are we the cause of it as a human race? We are. Are you as an individual the cause of it? No. But together, we have all sinned. We've all gone astray. There's no one who's innocent of sin. Absolutely no one without sin except our Lord and the Blessed Mother. No one is without sin. Some sins are much greater than others. Um, you may be um, a lot more innocent than many people, but we are all sinners, dear one, and we all deserve hell. 
And you may say, well, you don't deserve hell. You say, I don't deserve hell, but you do. You do. Um, We're born into the original sin of our parents. And you say, well, I didn't cause that. No, you didn't. But the fact is that there is no one without sin. God holds us accountable for actual sin. And we all have sinned. There's no one without sin. And he died to forgive us, to keep us from hell. We deserve hell. We don't deserve heaven. But God died for the sin that separated us from him. And if we put our trust in him and live for him and uh, are uh, snug in the church that he founded and are forgiven and have part of the sacraments and the grace he's given us on earth, we will be in heaven with him. So we've all sinned, some worse than others. Many of us have been um, awful victims of other people's abuse and have those things have distorted our lives and they've caused us um, scars that will probably bear the rest of eternity um, or at least of time on earth, of time on earth. But you know what, dear ones? We have caused our Lord's scars that we have caused him, our sin has caused him, that he'll bear through all eternity. The nails in his hands and, the, and his feet and the spear in his side, he will bear those scars for all eternity. The scriptures say when we get to heaven, we will see a lamb as if slain. And those scars we have caused, beloved, we are forgiven, but we will see the scars we have caused him. I'll tell you what I have done personally. Uh, I was a jail chaplain in my Protestant years for 10 years. And many of those inmates came came to me for counsel. And they had been horribly abused by all kinds of people in all kinds of ways. And they looked on me and some of them wanted to spit at me. Because, hey, you normal, you, you... You, I won't tell you the words they called me. You know, the normal people, you straight people, you don't know what suffering is. And I would tell them, you're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, I do know what it is. And the fact is that I haven't escaped suffering by uh, dousing myself with drugs or alcohol or anything else. I lived through the pain. Our Lord did that. Because he never sinned, he was tempted in all points as we, yet without sin. But his temptations went greatly beyond ours, greatly beyond ours. Because when we sin, we give in. We don't want the temptation anymore. Uh, Whatever the temptation is, it's to drink, it's to kill, it's whatever it is. We give in when we commit the sin. But our Lord never sinned, so he never gave in which means he bore the temptation beyond what any human being has ever borne that temptation, any temptation. And so I would tell those inmates that they're absolutely wrong. And there's two other things I would tell them, and I would tell, um, I would share with you, dear hurting brothers and sisters. Um, 
For years, now this is quite personal that I'm talking to you about, but for years, I wanted a couple of people dead. The problem is, because of their crimes, and the problem is that they were already dead, and it distressed me greatly, because I wanted them deader. I wanted them to come alive again so they could die again. I don't, it's no good that they're dead. They need to suffer more. And I was, I was just, um, how do I tell you, um, hit one day, um, um, supernaturally, by a grace of God, when I was sitting wanting people dead. It's not that I wanted to kill them. I didn't go that far personally wanting to kill them. But I wanted them to go under a truck or to be killed in different ways. But but I was frustrated because they were already dead. And I was sitting there with such uh, anger in my heart, uh, evil thoughts. And at that moment... Um, I even thought of doing away with myself because of the thoughts, the things I was, the suffering I was living with. I'm telling you this. Um, And um, I may leave out some details, but God's grace came upon me. You know, if you have a picture, um, cracking, like you used to play as kids, cracking an egg over someone's head like that or doing that. Well, the grace of God came upon me that way, liquid grace, and poured through every cell of my body, into my arms and fingers, down into my legs and toes, just poured through my body. And the evil thoughts, the anger in me, just completely melted, and I started to sob. And I realized that day, it has stayed with me the rest of my life, I realized that day that whoever sinned against me sinned against a sinner. But I'm I'm a respectful sinner. You know, I didn't sin like them. I'm an okay sinner. Well, how foolish and stupid is that? It only takes the slightest sin to separate us from a holy God. So maybe they're greater sinners. Maybe they're further separated than I am. What's the difference? We're all separated infinitely. And I thought they have sinned against a sinner. But I... A respectable sinner, of course, that's a stupid, foolish statement, have sinned against an all-holy God. And I realized that day that the degree of our sin has not to do with the sin itself, but the one sinned against. They committed huge sins against me, a little sinner, if I would be so stupid to say that. But I, the little sinner, sinned against an all-holy God, which makes my sin huge because it's against God. Um, I'll illustrate that when we come back from the break, beloved, and we will take your calls and your emails. Um, I'm going to continue to tell you this story, this very personal story, when we come back from the break. But I I would urge you, I would want to encourage you to call in if you have such hurts 
and if Saint Dimphna or one of the saints has helped you. You can change the world. You can change the world not by what you say, but by who you are and what you do. Seek then the answer. Seek personal holiness. Live the life of the cross. Follow the path of virtue and you can be a saint, a great saint. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your reoccurring donations slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we do not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you. Our bumper magnets are great ways to promote the truths of the gospel as proclaimed through Catholic Radio. I was getting bored of listening to all the same songs over and over again. And that's when I saw a Catholic Radio bumper sticker. And I thought, well, I should try that. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We're kind of have an unusual program today. Um, we had a, uh, I don't know why this is so crooked. <laughs> uh, we had a, um, I had an email from a very dear brother uh, asking me to speak about St. Dimphna. Um, he struggles with, as many do, um, with depression and with mental issues and with health and and, and the sorrow and the loneliness of a life that's been very, very difficult. Um, and um, uh, I uh, was telling you, I, I'm trying, we want to help each other how to live through this broken, broken, broken world. And often when we suffer as children or even as adults, um, we find very few people who understand and we find a little healing in sometimes even in psychotherapy or medicine and all of that. And we wind up living um, uh, not just a lonely life, but uh, feeling a useless life. And it doesn't have to be, beloved. It doesn't have to be. And so um, I'm telling you my own 
experience that I, I think I've told you in part before, but um, I'm just telling you in more detail now because um, because I, it, it was God who helped me greatly to realize some things. And just to sum up a little bit where we left off, I mentioned that, and this was after I became a Christian. I wasn't yet Catholic. I was an evangelical Protestant. Um, and um, I'll just tell you part of the story I haven't told you before. I woke up one morning. It was, I don't know, a couple of months after I had given my life to Christ, and I was ecstatic, and my feet didn't touch the floor. I was on cloud 110. Um, I was excited, but I opened, I woke up on a Monday morning, and lying in bed, I knew I was the worst person who ever existed in the whole world. I was the worst person who ever existed. And I couldn't, it wasn't what I did, it was, it's what I was. And um, I, the only thing I could think of is going through my apartment that I lived in and taking a huge knife out of the kitchen drawer and doing away with myself. Now, this is quite alarming for many of you, but it, it was for me. I'd never uh, experienced that before, and I, I never got out of bed. I didn't get dressed for work. I didn't even call in to tell them I wouldn't be at work. I was the worst person who ever lived, and I needed to do away with myself. And um, I wouldn't get out of bed because I was afraid I would do it. I got woke up a couple of times during the day, and it was the same situation. So I kept going back to sleep, and finally, about five at night, I got out of bed. And I went over through my living room, and I had a like a breakfast island and I sat on a stool and on the other side of the breakfast island was the little galley kitchen with the drawer with knives in it and I'm sitting there thinking about that and thinking about a couple of people that um, that uh, how do I say pretty much destroyed my life so I thought and left great scars. I'm I'm telling you very personal things, beloved, but I know I'm not alone, and I know many of you suffer from these things, and it doesn't matter what got us there, what the specific circumstances were, but it matters that uh, little lives could be so destroyed by such evil. And I wanted these two people dead. And I said earlier, before the break, my problem was that they were already dead. And I didn't like it. I wanted them deader. I wanted them to come alive so they could die again under a car, get run over, or who knows how. It didn't. And I said I, I didn't want to kill them myself. I just wanted them killed. I wanted them to suffer. Um, and as I sat there in that most awful state, knowing I was the worst person who ever lived, uh, not because of these people, just because of what I was. I, I couldn't believe it. I was now I was a Christian. I gave my life to Christ, and what's going on? And uh, all of a sudden, I was filled, as I mentioned before the gra- the break, with liquid grace. It's the only way I can explain it. Sitting on that breakfast stool, liquid grace poured from the. I felt it from the top of my head through my entire body into my fingers, toes. I felt it pour through my whole body. And that's all I could think of is grace, liquid. I just couldn't believe. And it completely melted me and broke whatever was going on in me. Um, And... uh, um, 
And I just sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed. And then I thought of these two people. I hadn't thought of them before. Um, what went on to make me think I had to do away with myself, and I was the worst person who ever could have even been demonic uh, attack. I have no idea. But I melted with that grace. And when I started sobbing, I thought of the two people I wanted dead. And I realized then, because they should be dead, and they should be in hell for eternity, But you know, beloved, so should I, having nothing to do with them. All of us deserve hell. All of us, you hear this, Bishop Barron, all of us deserve hell. And hell is filled with people who will not receive the grace and forgiveness of God. It is filled with them. It is not empty. And I realized that day that sin has not so much to do with the enormity of the sin committed, because the people who sinned against me, I've never committed those unbelievable things. I've committed respectable sins. Can you imagine such a stupid statement? But that's what I felt. They're great sinners. I'm a nice sinner. Come on. And I realized that day that nice sinners will be in hell forever, too, apart from the grace of God. And I realized something huge. I'm going to repeat this, that the enormity of sin does not so much have to do with the actual sin committed as it has to do with the one sinned against. They were great sinners sinning against a little sinner. I'm speaking stupidly. I, a little sinner, have sinned against an all-holy God. Let's say you're in the supermarket line, and you're with a friend, and you say something, innocent statement, and there's nothing really wrong with it. But there's a woman in the line behind you who is wounded by your statement. You don't know her. You've never seen her before in your life. You didn't say anything cursing or bad or evil, but... What you said, it may have been mockery, it may have been a little joke, it may have been something that you didn't mean in any negative way, but it just really entered a woundedness in her, and she lashed out at you. You know, who do you think you are, you stupid woman saying such things? You don't know anything. How dare you, you know, and she lashes out at you. Well, if you're insensitive, you'll lash back at her. But if you have a sensitive heart, you'll realize you never intended to hurt her. Maybe what you said was just a little joke to your friend or was said in mockery, but had nothing to do with her. You don't know her. But you realize that she was wounded. Did you intend to cause that? No. But you know that there's a very wounded soul spot in her soul. And you would say, oh, I'm just so sorry. I mean, if you're sensitive. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Well, you're stupid. And I I would say, I wouldn't say to her, I'm not stupid. I would say, I am stupid. I'm so sorry. It was, I never thought about what I was saying or that it could hurt anyone. I can't apologize enough. And she doesn't even accept. She can't. She's too hurt to accept your apology. Oh, you stupid people. You don't understand anything about life. I would say to her, You're right, and I'm just so sorry. I would feel awful for her. But you didn't mean a thing. And you go home and you continue to pray for her because she's a hurt soul. You're not hurt by what you said, but you're hurt for her. 
Now you go home and you say maybe the same thing or a different thing to your husband or your child or your best friend or someone you really love. And you say it innocently and they are really hurt. Now, same situation, but the woman in the supermarket was a stranger to you. You, you, you didn't even know her. But now you've hurt someone you really love. And to you, that is huge. To the supermarket woman, just you feel bad because she was disturbed or hurt or whatever her problem was. But now, at home or wherever you are, you say something that really hurts someone that you deeply love. Now you've offended love. You would do anything to reverse it. You'll apologize, but you can't take away the hurt that's already been done. You've offended love. The same sentence, the same thing. What's the difference? What you said? No. But the one offended. Now you have really hurt that soul. And now you realize the enormity of it because you've offended love versus a stranger. So I don't know if I went too long with that and um, if it makes sense to you. But no matter what we do in sin, we offend an all-holy God against thee, David wrote, thee only have I sinned and has done what is e- have done what is evil in thy sight. And so that day, I realized that what I had been suffering with my whole life, that my sin, that the greatest sin done against me is nothing can compare to my so-called little sins against an all-holy God. And I realized something else that day. I had to forgive. If I don't forgive, forgive others as God in Christ has forgiven you. If I don't forgive, forgive us our trespasses. As forgive, forgive us, we pray every day. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. We're asking God to forgive us as we forgive others. Oh, brother. Yeah, but they haven't even apologized. Well, neither have we. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. We didn't get our act together when he died for us. We weren't even born. He died for every sin we committed against him. And we, now we know he died for us. And we still sin against him. We must forgive those who, who sin against us, even if they've so-called destroyed our lives. They haven't destroyed our eternity. Our temporal lives are filled with scars of all kinds, but they haven't destroyed our eternity. And don't you dare let anybody disturb, uh, destroy your, your future with God. You come to him. You repent, not of their sins, of yours. And you ask him to take your life and be baptized, and come home to the Catholic Church. Has someone in the Catholic Church hurt you and you left? Forgive them. I can't forgive them. Well, then God can't forgive you. You must forgive them. And you need to come home if you want to go to heaven. You must. And so, um, I knew that day, still sitting on that breakfast stool, that I had to forgive them. And I said, okay, and I did. Sitting there, I did. I forgave crimes that I thought I could never possibly forgive, and I forgave them. But now what? Now what? So they're off the hook, and I still have the pain and the scars and the fruit of what they did. Now, come on, what's that about? And I realized 
That's what Jesus did on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, yes, they do. Those sinners knew what they were doing when they sinned against me. And we could say they knew what they were doing when they put the nails in his hands and feet. Yes, they did, but they didn't. The Apostle Paul said, if we knew who he was, we wouldn't have killed the Lord of glory. And Jesus said, forgive them, they don't, want, they, they don't know what they do. They knew they put the nails in his hands, but they didn't believe who he was. And sin blinds us. They did not know what they did. It blinds us. Um, we must forgive, and then we are left with the hurt. But so is Jesus left with the scars we gave him. Someone once said, forgiveness is forgiving. Jesus absorbed the loss, and so do we need to absorb the loss of others' sins against us. Beloved, call in with anything on your heart, but especially if St. Philomena or St. Dimpna has helped you. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I'm a uh, widower, parent of three almost adults, and listen to you guys around the clock. Father McTigg, Society of Jesus, he's wonderful. Mother Miriam, of course, the Divine Office, and many other great things that Station of the Cross does. So thanks very much for your great work. I had a friend at work email me and tell me about the Station of the Cross a couple months after it started, and I was so excited I tuned into it, and I found that I love the Catholic Station. If you've been blessed, by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. The spirit world is fascinating, mysterious, complex, and potentially dangerous. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're hosting a new show Saturdays on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. We'll help you uncover some of the mysteries and answer your questions about angels, demons, eternal life, and how the spiritual and the physical worlds interact. Join us for The Spirit World every Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on the Station of the Cross. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that, and through your programs, I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is a bit of a different program today. We began with... 
um, learning a little bit about Saint Dimphna, who was the saint of mental issues and depression and runaways and um, even incest. One of the websites says, and just every kind of emotional problem. Um, uh, it's it's wonderful if you read her story on the internet and and do a novena to Saint Dimphna. I'm going to finish up a story I've been telling you about. Um, um, uh, how one forgives uh, when they have been the victim of the most heinous crimes that have changed their life and and given them scars they will bear for all eternity. How do we forgive people like that? Do they deserve forgiveness? They do not. But do we deserve forgiveness? We do not. And the main point that I've made thus far is that the heinousness, the the ugliness, the horribleness of sin has not so much to do with the actual sin committed as it does with the one sinned against. And again, um, let's say one, a spouse can commit a sin with her friends or his friends or in the marketplace or business world or whatever, but to commit the same sin against one another the hurt is immeasurable. Same sin, same words, same act, same everything. But to offend love is much greater and much deeper. And no matter who has offended us, and no matter how deep it is, our offense against God, no matter how small it seems, is greater. And so we must forgive as God in Christ has forgiven us. Now, what do we do? Now we forgive the person. They're not sorry. They haven't repented and now they're dead and they can't do it anymore. But so we are left with the scars. And what do we do? We do just what Jesus did. He forgave us and he absorbed the loss. I said just before the break, someone once said, forgiveness is forgiving. Jesus uh, gave us life and absorbed the loss. And when we go to heaven, we'll see a lamb as if slain. We'll see his nail-scarred hands for all eternity, which our sins caused. And so we need to imitate him, dear ones. We need to absorb the loss. People that have sinned against me, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. Is my life altered by it? You bet. I absorb the lost. If I live in anger and resentment and uh, vengeance my whole life, I'm the one who is destroying myself. I accept, I receive, I absorb the loss, and now what do I do? I have all that pain on me. They're not in pain anymore, they're dead. But I have it. What do I do with it? Well, blessed be God for the theology of redemptive suffering. Now, as a Catholic, I can join my sufferings to the sufferings of Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 1.24. I make up that which is lacking in the sufferings of Christ in my flesh. Did he, does his sufferings lack anything? Zero. Was his death uh, final, complete, all that was needed to satisfy God once for all? Yes. But he still suffers through us, through his body, the church. And what I do is I absorb the loss and I give it to our Lord. I say, Jesus, take it. Take all my woundedness. 
take the sorrow, take the loneliness, take the, take the hurt, take the revenge, take the scar. I give it to Jesus and I say, Lord, take the suffering and I join it to your cross for the salvation of so-and-so, for the healing of so-and-so, for my salvation, for those who have never heard the gospel. Or sometimes I say I have... I, 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 I don't know what to offer it for, so I give it to the Blessed Mother because she knows who needs it most. And then, do I still have the scars? Oh, yes, I still have them, but they no longer control me. Apostle Paul says, death, where is thy sting? They no longer sting. I have them. They still are, they'll remain life-altering forever, but they no longer absorb me. They no longer control me. I no longer live by them. And what, whatever reminds me of them, on occasion, they'll come up again, something even every day or once a year, whatever it is. And they're renewed. And I say, no, no, you stupid devil. Don't you renew those things. I gave them to God. How stupid you are. You've only given me another gift to give to God. Every time a suffering is renewed, every time a memory is regained, I say, I tell Satan he's an idiot because he's just given me a gift to give to God for the salvation of others. And that's how we live, beloved. We die daily, Apostle Paul says. We die daily to ourselves. We give ourselves every day anew to God. And we live in the power of his grace. That's how I live. I am so grateful, beloved, for the life God has given me and what he's done in me. Uh, I don't think I forget anything. But I no longer live with unforgiveness or revenge or unhappiness because the minute it comes... I don't let the devil have any control over me. I give it straight to God. I stupid devil. Get behind me, Satan. I'm not interested. And I'm not. I get rid of it immediately. And then I can live by God's grace. It's very powerful. That's how I was a jail chaplain for 10 years. That's how. Because you don't have to know. I didn't kill. I didn't. I wasn't on drugs. I didn't do what a number of those inmates did. It doesn't matter. I know what it is to live for years without a reason to live, with no meaning, wanting to kill myself. I know what that is. And there's nobody who's hurt on earth that I cannot sympathize with. And I give God thanks for that. I give Him thanks. Every single day for what he allowed me to live through before I was a Christian, before I knew him. He knew me. He knew me in my mother's womb. That's what the psalmist wrote, 139, Psalm 139. He knew me. Why did he allow it to happen what happened? I don't know. Could he have stopped it? Of course. Well, why didn't he then? I don't know. Maybe so I could understand what the suffering of others is. God's ways are perfect. They're perfect always. And if he allowed it, he could have stopped it, and he didn't, and I trust him for that. And I tell you, truly, I am grateful today. I would never choose to repeat that, but I am grateful today for everything that I lived through that I could help others to know God, to be in heaven with him. So, dear ones, if you're suffering, number one, you must forgive. 
and you say, but I can't. It's not that you can't. It's that you will not. It's a choice. It's a choice. We put Jesus on the cross. He could have said, are you kidding me? I can't forgive you. You put me to death. No, he made a choice that he will. He came to earth to die for us. He came as that little, tiny, adorable little baby in the manger. A feeding trough because he would become the bread of life for fallen souls to lead us to heaven. He came to die that we might have life. We need to die to self and give our life to Christ that he can use us as bread for souls that need life with God. Trust God for what he's allowed. Forgive and ask him to take your life and use you from this day forward to help others come to him. The world is dying and it desperately needs the truth that we have. God bless you, dear ones. We'll speak with you tomorrow.